having a little fun people what is up <laughs> this is the attack with your per- your one and only coast to coast connection that is the shark sean williams and of course the overlord and sergeant in arms mr jp Mayor. jp we are less than two weeks away from that ho- in terms of a wrestling fan the holiest of times I'm gonna be there. You lucky bastard. Yes, yes. Now, before we get into anything, there's something that's really just irked me the wrong way. And I wanted to get to that before anything else. And that happens to deal with superstar Billy Graham, of all people. Who apparently thinks that Kofi Kingston being in the main event or being in a title match at WrestleMania is a joke. You racist, washed up piece of crap. Let me tell you something. Uh, Kofi Kingston being in a title match at WrestleMania is a joke? No. A joke is the fact that you mo- you bitched, bitched and moaned before you got in the Hall of Fame, you got in the Hall of Fame, and you still bitch and moan about the fact that you're even in it. A joke is what you tried to call doing play-by-play at SummerSlam 1988, where even Gorilla Monsoon, God rest his whole, God rest his soul, couldn't carry your bloated ass. A joke is the fact that your career your legacy is being nothing more than a talentless, overrated, lacking charisma, Hulk Hogan wannabe. Yes, I went there. So, to quote, to quote from the Ralph Report, Steve Ashton, their UK correspondent, and as he, as he happens to quote Elton John, to you, Mr. Graham, I say simply... <clears throat> Fuck off! Um, you forgot another thing. Uh, his joke of a title reign. Well, I think I tried to block that from memory, just like any other sane person. Well, you see, here, I'm looking at, like, he was the seventh WWF champion. The sixth champion, Bruno San Martino, held the title for 1,237 days. The eighth champion, Bob Backlund, held the title 2,135 days. Guess how many days Billy Graham held the title? Educate the people, JP. 
Well, I think I can say the reason why he had the belt for 296 days is because San Martino wanted time off. And yes, again, I went there. Seriously, is there a way we can revoke somebody being in the Hall of Fame? And if so, can he be first? Like, <clears throat> just, he, somebody needs a muzzle. To use the Captain O'Hagan quote from Super Troopers, we should have taken him out the back and shot him a long time ago. I mean, all these years, I just do not get what is this guy's problem. I mean, seriously, and I thought Bret Hart was bitter. Like, Vince McMahon is a fucking angel compared to this guy. Yeah, and I've been calling Vince a racist. Which, by the way, Jim Ross apparently hasn't been too happy about WWE kind of dancing along the race card with Kofi Kingston in this storyline. He just... He believes that there are three things you should stay away from in a pro wrestling storyline, and race happens to be one of them. I can understand Um, where he's coming from on that, though. Yeah, it's like, I get that, but, like, like, there's a difference between real-life racism, which is an everyday occurrence in, in the world, and kayfabe. True. But, again, I just get what he's saying on that one, and it is it is a risky move in wrestling. Oh, absolutely. But, and, oh, I was going to say when I mentioned Bret Hart, speaking of Bret Hart, congratulations goes to him, and I'd say the Neidhart family as well, for the Hart Foundation and their Hall of Fame induction. Yes. So you, so you realize we're going to have... Three two-time Hall of Famers inducted this year. I know, like, I've <clears> seen <throat> that, like... So let me break it down for you people in case you lost, in case you didn't keep or have lost count here. DX is both are going into the Hall of Fame. Right. The Hart Foundation is going in the Hall of Fame. And Harlem Heat is going in the Hall of Fame. So that makes Booker T, Triple H, and, and HBK, or actually, wait, wait, he is being included for DX, right? HBK? Yeah. Yes. So actually, that's four, I think that's actually four two-time Hall of, uh, Hall of Famers now that are inducted. Because you have HBK, you have Triple H, or wait, no, Triple H, wait, Triple H Triple has, H isn't in. No, okay. Okay. I was jumping the gun. He will be, but not... Okay, so, no, I was right. It's three three two-time Hall of Famers in HBK, Bret Hart, and Booker T. Yeah. And frankly, I think the Hart Foundation being in the Hall of Fame is long overdue. Absolutely. But I'm still waiting on on them to induct the British Bulldogs into the Hall of Fame, which... you. Know, you know, I was my good friend Brian Waters was talking about this, and you know, I can see the British Bulldogs in the Hall of Fame, <coughs> but the Dynamite Kid on his own, I'm not certain if I can see him in the Hall of Fame on his own. 
Not as not unless without Davy Boy Smith. Agreed. Okay, good. So I'm not the only one thinking that. No. I mean, I just don't think you can actually put a. I mean, and my excuse on Davy Boy Smith, I don't see you putting him in without. You don't put in the British Bulldog without both members of the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's like while Davy Boy Smith had a good career, a good singles career. He'll be known more for tag team. Agreed. And he'll also get known for being rock-bottomed rock into dog shit. Yeah, which I couldn't help but cringe when that happened. Well, I think everybody did. Now, with that being said, we're going to the next segment, people. It's that time again where we cross the line. Bitch, what line? It's starting to become a bit of a habit where this segment usually goes to the women. And here's another night where it goes to the women. It is now official. Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair will compete in the match that will close the show at WrestleMania. They are going to be the headliners. And yes, Charlotte Flair did win the belt, the SmackDown women's title from Asuka. A lot of people are pissed about it. I'm not exactly happy about it either. Some are saying that there's rumors she may be hurt. There's also rumor that Vince needed to cut a match, and Asuka unfortunately got the short end of the stick. But for as much as people are butthurt about this, this is a good thing. You have two people who are walking into that match, one up over Becky, in the fact that both are champions, she's not. And... They are not going to have they are not going to have Charlotte Flair win both titles. It's just not going to happen. So, this pretty much solidifies Becky Lynch is going to be the one that wins this match. Much like when Triple H, Chris Benoit, and Shawn Michaels wrestled at WrestleMania and you still saw Chris Benoit walk out of that match. Now, the key thing I feel though Becky Lynch not only has to win, Ronda's got to be the one to tap. Because Benoit fought both guys in that triple threat match, but it mattered more because he may, still made the champ tap out in the Crippler crossface. JP, sound off on this. Now, <coughs> if Vince wanted to cut the SmackDown women's title match, he could have very easily cut the match instead of, you know, putting the title on Charlotte. But, yeah, there is no way Charlotte is winning. And who knows, like, they could very easily turn that into a winner-takes-all match and put both titles on the line. Yeah, but you know another thing that they that's been rumored for that night? And I'll be convinced if that, that this happens if Sasha and Bayley retain the tag titles. And that you close the show with all four of the four horsewomen with sport and gold. Yeah. Which, I'm kind of on the fence about it. 
because I feel like it should be Becky that's standing tall, but at the same time, the history with all four of those women, it's fitting. They were, in terms of the women's revolution for wrestling, they were the ones that lit the fuse. Yeah, for sure. And frankly, one of the mat one of the key matches where it all began, while there were several great women title matches in NXT, it was Sasha and Bailey that broke the ice. They're the ones that lit the fuse with, with the matches they had. Agreed. So, but make no mistake about it, the end game is still gonna be the same. And that is going to be that Becky Lynch is going to walk out the champion. And rumor report, rumor going around is that not only she's going to get a long-term extension with the WWE, but that it's going to be a long-term extension that's going to be worth millions. And it's well-deserved. Well-deserved. And also, the top merch seller of the last couple months has been <laughs> Becky Lynch. And WWE, I think, is aware of this. I mean, she she can go in the ring. She found what she needed to be on the microphone. Outside the ring, come on. The fans love her. And let's not forget that story where a fan was having a seizure and she helped. Absolutely. So you can't beat stuff like that. So, and you know, if, if the... If with that match they hoist up Becky, the, the the girls hoist up Becky Lynch at the close of the night, I'm all for it. It'll be interesting to see what happens. All right, so with that, we go from that to from the good to the bad, which if you get under, if you got what we were trying to do at the start of the show, then this will make sense when we ask, who writes this crap? Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What, I can't count on you people? Enough with the singular names. <laughs> now you're changing Mustafa Ali's name to just Ali. Are you, are you doing that because of what his first name is? Like it's supposed to be something he's ashamed of? What the... What the fuck, WWE? I'm so sick of this. Look, they did it with Apollo at one point. They did, they've done it with Elias. They, it's like, what's next? Are you just going to call Baron Corbin Corbin? Because I guarantee you this. You give him one name or you give him three names, it's, he's still going to suck. Well, that's an understatement of the decade. Now, in, like, I'm not defending it. But in, when it was Apollo Crews, it was around the time of that Florida shooting, Florida shooter, the kid's name was Nicholas Cruz. So that's why they did that. Well, yeah, I get that, but it, I'm just saying it's getting ridiculous that they're doing that with everybody. I mean, they did it with Rusev. I mean, what's next? Are they just going to change Nakam Shinsuke Nakamura's name to just Nakamura? Surprised they haven't done that yet at this point. Ah, uh, they're just going to change it to knock. <clears throat> but I'm just saying, I don't feel there's a mar there's anything marketable with having him just go by Ali. 
No. I'm just saying, at some point, you gotta draw the line with this stuff. I mean, at this point, he was probably better off on 205 Live. At least he would have kept his full name. Not necessarily. Yeah, but who knows. Oh, side note, not... <laughs> yes, I did see the video of Enzo Amore at a store knocking away the action figure of Carmella and checking out the Dusty Rhodes action figure. And when he did the whole look before he knocked the Carmella figure away, look what we got over here. <laughs> I'll tell you what we got over here. <laughs> a girl who's still employed, unlike you. And, let's not forget, has way more talent and better charisma than your ass ever did. Because at least she had skill in the ring. Enzo, you're nothing but a tagline. You're nothing but a tagline way past its expiration date. How you doing? If I had the soundbite ready, I would just say, I would have just played it. Burn. <laughs> Which would have been the only time that guy ever got hot in his whole freaking career. Triple Decker burn. Alright, with that being said, gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back after this, people, so don't go anywhere. This is the real Dwayne Allen from The Wrestling Realm. And you are listening to The Shark Attack with my guys, Sean The Shark Williams and J.P. Mayer. Oh yes, it just got real. As, of course, my good buddy Dwayne Allen of the Wrestling Realm. Make sure you check out him and my other good buddy Brian Waters. And, of course, check out Brian's show, Break It Down with Brian H. You can find the Wrestling Realm on YouTube. And trust me, that plug you guys just heard, that's a shot of realness. All right, but ne next topic. Kofi Kingston is finally going to WrestleMania. As far as we know, if you go by how SmackDown ended, we finally are getting the official match. Which the entire locker room emptied out to, to congratulate him. And from reports, the place just erupted over Kofi. It sounded like it. So make, when I was saying, how I'm so confident that Becky Lynch is walking out with the Raw Women's title. Kofi Kingston has taken that belt. But, you know, speculation has been that because ever since Fox made that deal with WWE over SmackDown, WWE is all of a sudden becoming more open to new things. One of which may be to just kind of push the envelope a little bit like they used to do. Because apparently Fox wants something that's edgier. In other words, none of this PG-13 PG crap. Well, no, you mean no more PG crap. The PG-13 is what we want. True, I stand corrected, but, but you get where I'm going at with that one. Absolutely. <clears throat> but the fact of it, if, this is, if part of this with Fox is what's pushing them 
to actually having Kofi Kingston in the title picture and actually get a title run, again, I'm all in favor. But speaking of, yeah, speaking of the titles, though, actually, I'll talk about one other thing that's non-title related. Roman Reigns ha- officially has a match at WrestleMania, and it's against Drew McIntyre. Now, a couple things I want to note on this one. One, Roman's still getting cheered. That has not died down. Nope. But I'm concerned, though. I'm concerned if it's too soon for him to have to have a one-on-one match. I see. I think... I think Drew will protect Roman. True. It's not like Drew is a rookie anymore. He's become more professional. I think he knows where to where to kind of keep keep the tempo at. Yeah. And plus, I think if WWE wasn't confident that Drew could pull could pull it off, they wouldn't be having him get physical with Roman like he has lately. Yeah. I think he's already laid him out two different times with a Claymore. And let's not forget this past uh, Monday on Raw with the shot to the Mama Kanish. Yep. But, I gotta tell you, I got a kick out of watching when um, Roman when Roman said he accepted the challenge. And he said, but this ain't, but word of advice, this ain't Roman talking. Don't you ever say anything about my my family. I think we. I think Ro- Roman's definitely found his rhythm. Oh, for sure. And you know why? It's because we're getting the real guy. We're not getting a character. We're getting something that feels real. Agreed. And I think that's what part of what people have been wanting to see out of this. They don't. They don't want some cartoon over the top crap with Roman. They want to see something real. I mean, what, one of the things that made The Rock unique was the fact that, and he even said it, The Rock is basically Dwayne Johnson with the volume all the way up. We don't need Roman to get loud like that, but we just want something more real. But, you know, they have had a, they've had some time for Roman to kind of work the ruck ring rust off like at fast lane so I think if they felt he wasn't ready to go to go in there they won't even be having this match agreed I mean they know they know they're in for the long term with this guy and they want to make sure they preserve him as much as possible especially because him having to walk away because of his his fight with leukemia pretty much scared the living crap out of them But on the br- but this does kind of the match does kill two birds with one stone. You put Drew McIntyre in a high profile match, and you got something for Roman to kind of signal his re- symbolize his return to WWE. And what better way to do it than at WrestleMania? I mean, got <laughs> to agree there. Yeah, I mean hell. Better than what they did with Braun, with Braun Strowman. They're just, they're just putting him in the damn battle royal. Yeah. 
Ugh. He's just going back to square one. Surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not wearing a black sheep mask at this point. I give him time. Yeah, give him a minute at this point. So, I believe it's now official, is, is it not, with this one? That at TakeOver New York, Alistair Black and Ricochet will, after winning the Classic, will challenge the War Raiders. Yes, it is now official. Now, they are not going to win that match, but damn, we're in for a treat. You couldn't ask for four better talents in that ring than Ricochet, Alistair Black, Hanson, and Rowe. They will give you a five-star match. Oh, yeah. There is not a doubt in my mind that they'll pull that off. But let's not make any mistake about it. They're not winning the, tag, the NXT tag titles. No, 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 no. They're on their way up. Whether we like that or not, they are definitely on their way back or up to the main roster. Yeah. But, you know, now that now that that's pretty much everything's pretty much set in stone for takeover, I got to say this could be one of the best takeovers that we've seen. I mean, not that they any not that they've been bad. But this could be one of the best ones that we've seen in quite some time. Oh, hands down, I am, I'm going to miss TakeOver because I'm going to be, I'm going to be at, um, Access, but I'm looking forward to it very much. Yeah, most definitely, and for NXT, or TakeOver show of the year... This one may be a huge front-runner right now. Oh, absolutely. This one's definitely going to be hard to beat. Now, getting back to, the, to more of WrestleMania, Seth Rollins was quoted saying, I have to beat Brock Lesnar. Is there, any way, is there any way that Seth does not beat Brock? say it's possible because everybody was saying going into Mania last year that Roman was going to beat was going to beat Brock but look what happened Brock won I think part of the problem they were hoping that because people hated the fact that Brock was the champion that it would cushion their their hate for Roman it didn't plus the damn Freaking crown jewel of the freaking Saudi Arabia shows screwed everything up. Well, but now you have speculation that that Fox wants Brock on SmackDown. The way I see it is, if you don't have Seth Rollins win that match, then all that build was for nothing. And you want to talk about? somebody that's going to do damage, a loss will do damage to them. Seth losing this match is going to do some damage. I think Seth losing the match um, takes away the value of winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah, you already had both Royal Rumble, both Royal Rumble winners lose last year. 
you have to maintain some prestige here. But yeah, yeah, I I truly I truly believe that Seth will win, Becky will win, and that Kofi's gonna win. And I know some people are gonna say three title changes, to which I say, why the fuck not? And let me tell you something. I remember in the old days with WrestleMania, every belt was defended on that show. Yeah. And there were multiple title changes on that, too. So why not? You had people that were disappointed when belts didn't change, when the, all the belts, or when there were no title changes at WrestleMania. So, I, abs- I think that Seth beating Brock is every bit of, as much of a must as as it is for Becky to win and for Kofi to win. Agreed. And lastly, before we get to our WrestleMania topic, the other match that was made official for WrestleMania. Finn Balor will challenge Bobby Lashley for the Intercontinental title. So, the question I got, how critical is it that we get the demon? It's gonna happen. We haven't seen Balor do the demon since, I believe, SummerSlam. When he surprised Corbin. But you want to do something that's going to throw Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush off their game. Which is one of the key things that that happens when Finn does the demon. Is that it's a psychological weapon. Oh yeah. Plus, it's WrestleMania. We have never seen Finn do the demon entrance at WrestleMania. And to have him do it there, you know that he will do something something special. And I, because there isn't, in terms of creative, having a creative block, <laughs> there's no question about it. Finn doesn't have one. He never gets one. The guy's got more creative ideas of how to of his entrance for the demon than he does actual blood in his body. Agreed. Like, it's gotta happen. If it doesn't happen, I'll be sorely disappointed. And if he does do it, then he's definitely winning. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And if he doesn't do it, then who the hell cares? So you wanted to save him doing the demon for special occasions. It's WrestleMania. Let him do it. I mean, we didn't see him do it when it was him versus Miz versus Seth at, at WrestleMania. So please, yeah, he's got to do it this year. So please, WWE, do the right thing here. All right, so 
With that being said, we got two more of these to go before we for our WrestleMania moment. So this week, JP picked the topic. Tell us, tell everybody what you picked. What did I pick? I forgot. You said uh, favorite Mania match. Sorry, it's been a long week. Um, yeah, so we've done the worst. We've done the best. I, I'm sticking with the best. And I want to go favorite WrestleMania match. I know the one I'm going to go with. So, JP, let's see. Show, tell us all what you, what you picked. Well, there's a couple for me. Um... One, WrestleMania 29, Undertaker CM Punk, because I saw it live. I saw the final match in the streak live. You go to WrestleMania 10, Brett Owen. And what I picked as my favorite match, the ladder match, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. Funny, because I was actually just listening. I've been listening to something to wrestle where Conrad and Bruce talked about WrestleMania 10, and Bruce called um, Owen versus Bret one of the best op- the he he called it the best opening match he's ever seen for WrestleMania. Oh, hands down. Between that and. So many amazing opening matches. Don't forget Ray versus Eddie. Mm-hmm. But you know, another thing that was talked about with that, with that event, was of course the ladder match, which, up until that point, WWE had never done a ladder match, or at least one as mainstream as this one was. I think they did ladder matches on, like, house shows. No, but I'm talking about mainstream on a pay-per-view of that magnitude, or in general. Uh, Oh, absolutely. And apparently Ric Flair had an issue with the match, and Bret Hart was apparently the one that introduced the idea. But supposedly he kind of resented the fact that Shawn Michaels is being the one known for the ladder match after that. It's like... Brad, if you wanted to be known for the ladder match, then maybe your ass should have been in one. But so many... It's funny how you remember when you first watched it, and then they named so, they mentioned so many things that you never take into account when you're that age when, it's, when it aired. And I forgot how, how much I didn't like this match. The Falls Count Anywhere match between Crush and Macho Man. I hated that match. All I could think with that match was, does WWE not know how a Falls Count Anywhere match works? Mm, It's the simplest of formula. They fight all over the place. They pin, they make the guy submit or they pin him. Game over. That's all there is. 
It's like, instead, you're trying to throw in, like, Texas Deathmatch rules or some convoluted crap that you're trying. It's insane. But, and as good of friends as Savage and Crush were, their chemistry was horse crap. Yeah, it was bad. And then the thing that Bruce Pritchard pointed out was how they, after Owen and Brett, like just every match went over the time. Like that one took longer than it should have. Men on a Mission versus the Quebecers took longer than it should have. That was another one I remember even as a kid not liking. And the reason I didn't like it I hate count-out finishes for a title match. Yeah, it's bad. Although, looking back, I understand why they never gave the belts to men on a mission. Their entrance was probably the only thing that was over about them, but their ring skill? Not so much. Yeah, when you have a super heavyweight in Mabel, a.k.a. Viscera, a.k.a. Big Daddy V... It makes it hard. And then you have Mo, who's n- wasn't exactly the best wrestler. No. But um, also, when they're talk, when I never knew that Little Richard lip synced "America the Beautiful." He did. He did. Oh shit! He just did not want to perform. At his, at his age, in front of a live audience like that, at Madison Square Garden, he didn't want to risk damaging his reputation in case he botched it. So he lip-synced it. Huh. And, um... But also the other thing that was pointed out, which, you know, looking back, probably having him in two matches was a mistake. But then again, I don't think if you had him in one, you'd still have issue. Yokozuna was in terrible shape by the time WrestleMania 10 rolled around. I mean, it used to be in the beginning he was pretty agile for a guy of his bulk. Now, he was basically winded after the entrance. And I kind of, yeah, and yeah, I kind of got on a rant with that one, but, yeah, but it was just ironic because I was just listening and seeing people talk about WrestleMania 10. But... I'll go a little, like, somewhat more recent, and I apologize, I've lost count of WrestleManias at this point, which, at this point, is it any, yeah, I think anybody else probably would have, but, um, it's gotta be TLC. Oh, hands down. It was something where that, no matter how many times you've seen those three tag teams collide, they found a way to take it to the next level. 
Edge, Christian, the Hardys, the Dudleys, they just knew how to do it. And this, and this one that I'm talking about, you added a new element in there. You added Rhino. You had, you had Lita, but you also had, and as an ECW fan, I was, I couldn't have been happier that they picked him up when, when he debuted. Little Spike Dudley. Yes. I just couldn't help but geek out over the fact seeing Bubba, Spike, and Devon all all reunited. I just remembered watching Raw when he debuted, and I was like, holy shit, it's Spike! Yeah, I loved Spike in the original ECW. Oh yeah, who? well, who didn't? He was a goofy little guy, but you couldn't help but love him. And could he take bumps? Oh, God. I remember in ECW, he wrestled Mike Austin for the ECW title. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't kill him. Yeah. But it was just... But... That would have to be... That would have to be mine. My favorite match. Is the TLC match. I mean, there's other ones I could think of for main events, but... I'm kind of saving that one for next week when we do our prediction show. Which, which people, I'll make the announcement about that. So, even though I don't know how the whole seasons thing really counts, but next week will be the big season finale. No, we'll be do we'll be back the week after to cover post WrestleMania. I'm just yes. saying, I'm just saying that just so. I can say, okay, season two begins, and then I can actually keep count of what episode we're at at this point. But Yes, and the season premiere will be chock full of my WrestleMania experience. Absolutely. As, as well as we'll talk about the events of TakeOver and, as, and of course, the, the result, like, all the results with WrestleMania, where we stand on how good the show was. But that'll be in two weeks. Next week will be the big season finale, where season one finale, where we'll be making our predictions for TakeOver and for WrestleMania. And our in our last WrestleMania moment, we'll be given, because, well, since March Madness has been going on, and, of course, all everything with the Final Four. JP and I will be giving our own personal Final Four. We'll be giving, well, or top four. Our top four WrestleMania main events. Very excited. So, that, so make sure you guys tune in for that one. We're going to, because... We're going balls to the wall on that one. And don't be surprised if ours end up breaking the wall. Had to throw yeah, that in. Gonna break the walls down. Wrecking balls to the wall. But, JP, plug away whatever you got. Um, follow me on that Twitter thing at JP Mayor 80 Coming in April will be the return of an independent point of view. Yeah, what do you got for us for that one? Uh, once I get the first guest, I will 
gladly share it with everybody, because as of right now, I don't have anything yet. All right. Okay, follow me on Twitter at Prime 81 And, of course, uh, the show, the network's Instagram is at Sean underscore Williams underscore podcast. And, of course, the group on Facebook is The Shark Attack, where JP, myself, and others discuss pro wrestling. And, of course, and I've already said it on the last episode, to comedian Eddie Pence, the vice host of The Ralph Report and the UK correspondent of The Ralph Report, Steve Ashton. Thank you to you, you guys for for your support and also for plugging this show and to members of the Garmy and Ashholes and Idiots. Those are their fan bases. Okay. All all three fan bases are welcome with within this net within this show, so make sure you check it out. If you like what you hear, feel free to donate to keep this show going. Of course, reviews are always welcome. Of course and we're donations get you a personalized song. He's been warming up his vocals for that one, people. Yes. And, of course, um, lost my train of thought there. Thanks a lot for that one, Pavarotti. <laughs> but, um, of course, um, you can find us on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, as well as on Anchor and various other platforms. And, again, if you're, if you're on Apple Podcasts, review us. Give us... Give us a five-star review and comment. Just help help get this thing, help keep this revolution going, people. All right, so with that being said, oh, yeah, that's what I forgot. That I'll lose my train of thought. I forgot to plug what I was going to cover on Variety Bites this week. So this week on Variety Bites, I'll be plug, I'll be talking about Gronk calling it a career. I'll be call, I'll also, and... <laughs> Also, Conor McGregor, allegedly. I'll be talking about certain moves that have taken place for NFL players. Um, I'll also be covering a lot of superhero shows. And and since I've kind of delved into a little, gotten a little personal, not in a negative way, but gotten a little personal about some some stuff on Variety Bites. I'll be talking about something that is kind of, kind of dear to my heart on, on this week. Why it's seven years in the make. Why it's been seven years, and I'll be covering that one on, and hopefully give you guys something to listen on that one. In the meantime, he's J.P. Mayer. I'm Sean Williams, and people, till next week, we out of here. J.P. Send us on home. Good night, JP. He was born perfect. And just like the great white shark, this guy has never had to fall.